It just goes loud. Cheers. What up, Mike? We both have our steins today. Look at that. Cheers. Cheers. My podcasting mug. Yeah. Everybody. Do you have a good story behind your mug? No, not really. Found it at a yard sale type thing. And they had three different kinds. This is the endangered species. Budweiser 1995 Anheuser-Busch Gorilla Edition. So if you're just listening to this, you may not understand, but the gorilla had a three-dimensional ceramically etched into the stein and it's got this metal kind of german lid attached to it that i like a lot is that a collector's edition i think it's a collector's edition i think you can get i think you i could sell these for like 50 bucks now and they were like 20 bucks when they came out i got a grizzly bear as well that's pretty awesome honestly oh wow i haven't busted out the grizzly bear yet they're still in the box. Ooh, a real collector edition. Well, well, That's well, awesome. Well, <laughs> like, what's the point of uh, collector stuff? I don't really actually do either. By the way, this isn't because I do collector things, but I usually am the person who finds the old collector thing and beats it into a pulp because I'd rather use it and have fun with it. It's an it's a weird thing collecting things, but like we everyone a lot of people have done it. I did it a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe the gen a couple of generations before us, like it was really popular. But it's always been popular. Like, it's, is it a human thing to collect things? I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it's like a it's almost like an animal thing. Is it even human? <laughs> yeah, like, or was it just? Was it like a societal thing where everyone was trying to make so much money in like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like in that time period and and build and like, especially after the war and when everyone was trying to make all that money and the people were just like, why don't we collect things? And if we just hold on to them for a really long time, then that value will increase. And maybe that's just why. And then random things. Uh, started increasing in value and other things started decreasing in value and that's how we had some crazy like marketplace going on that makes really no sense we just made it up ourselves i know it reminds me uh do you know the story of the fisherman the Uh, the westerner i think it's called the fisherman and the businessman no go ahead let's hear it fisherman and the businessman is i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna probably not say it completely accurately but there's a fisherman he's in some eastern asian uh, culture and he's hanging out with his family on the shore and he just caught the uh, fish for the day a big fish for the day and they're eating it and they're having a beautiful day and the sun is setting and this western businessman sees him and he looks so happy and he starts talking to him and they share some fish with him and he tells him about how great it is that he's doing this. And he says, oh, if you did this, you could eventually get more fish and not have to fish and have other people fishing for you. And the fisherman asks him, like, I don't understand. Why, how would you, why would you do that? How would you do that? And he goes into detail about how um, you catch extra fish throughout the day than the amount of fish that you actually need. And then you sell them off to other people. And then once you sell enough of those fish, you can get more boats. And then you can hire people to get fish for you. And then 
after about 20 or 30 years, you can make so much money that you can retire with your family and do whatever you want. And the fisherman obviously says, I already do that. Why don't we What's the point? Hey, there you go. Right? I love it. So are you the fisherman or the business? I like to take the, the fisherman here? stance versus the businessman stance most of the time, honestly. Yeah. 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 And is that a learned thing? Did you have to implement that into your life or were you always like that since you were younger? I think I've always been like this. I think I've been a little contrarian, honestly, for a while. I think it's, I think, I think it was innate and it was reinforced. I think I got both sides that once of that one side basically when mm-hmm. I was younger because I saw a lot of people or from what I, I remember seeing a lot of people just like being more religious about money than uh, people I know who were devout Catholics when I was younger and going to church often. Like I knew some really religious people in at church and they still weren't as crazy about things as some people I knew who were crazy about money. And we'll, Didn't seem like it was helping very much, even though they had money. Didn't seem like it was their their character. I think character has a lot to do with it. Anyhow, yeah. I think people are built, like when you build, when you're trying to make a lot of money, right? And you're focusing on that wealth, you're trying to build, you're trying to get something, right? Like you're trying to achieve something for your yourself and it might be external, but if you're thinking internally, Really, the only thing, if you have all the money in the world, it'll produce maybe this cool happiness or this feeling inside you. Of, okay, I'm there. Like maybe, right? Like that, that, yeah. what are you really, what are you really searching for with that money? And, and that's once you have all that money and you're like sitting on your couch and you're like, yeah, like I, I have that money. And so what's that feeling? And you can compare it to somebody who's like the fisherman who every single day, they get on their boat and they get and they see the sunrise like five fifteen in the morning coming o- up over the river, uh, which is a beautiful thing if you've ever seen something like that on a boat. And and every single day you get that same feeling at By that person family, and you feel capable and you feel like you have purpose, and you get that same feeling that I think a lot of people are chasing for that millions of dollars. Right now, I'm not saying it would be cool to have millions of dollars. <laughs> I'd be like, money is evil. Like, I got that far with it for a little bit. But it, le- thankfully, it was only a short little bit because that's also not a good mindset to be in, honestly. Right. I don't think purpose. Personally, I don't that's good. I don't, I, I don't think thinking of things as evil is actually really a good thing. We can go down a deep, dark <laughs> uh, rabbit hole with that one, honestly. What do you think about that idea of evil? The idea of evil. It's funny. I was actually just talking about this last night with Amber. That's evil I had is, baby, um, you know, that baby. Mo- that's, that's me. I'm listening in. What? <laughs> you so, were talking about this to Amber and I had to bring it up in the podcast because I listen. I oh listen man, to that's baby creepy. monitor. It is Halloween season. I've mm-hmm. been watching a lot of crazy movies, but yeah. anyway. All right. Uh, so what were we going to get? I was just going to get into something with about evil. Uh, oh, so with Amber and you were talking to her about it. So evil in general is something that I think is a normal thing, right? I think she was, we were having a conversation and she was like, isn't that crazy? And I was like, 
No, it's not crazy because something like we know evil exists and we know that things are going to happen all the time. Like maybe is it shocking? Maybe. Yes. But like and when something evil happens or or something is uh, you put like an evil label on something, then all that's doing it for to me nowadays is just showing that there is good and, and that evil thing is going to be there. That doesn't mean that that evil thing has to be there forever and you could help that evil thing, things like that. But the idea that evil exists is just true and there's always going to be evil and good. Uh, and that's just, that. I don't know, that's just my little thought on evil. This <laughs> little, little fake quest aside, but I think it has to do with our general theme a lot of times because we're fighting the good fight in a way, trying to get help. Yeah. I think the, the, re the problem I have with evil and good, honestly, is that it comes with a should, usually. Both of them come with lots of shoulds. And I think there's a lot, of, lot more power than they need to have when you call them evil or good. Mm -hmm. sense. Like just giving something that label gives it more emphasis to, a, to most people, I would say. Agree, agree. And it almost in a supernatural kind of way is the best words I can use to describe it versus if you just think of things a lot like, okay, here's another parable. You ready for it? <laughs> yeah. And I know you'll agree with this one too. Um, do you know the Chinese farmer parable about the Chinese farmer and the sun? Nope. Nope. Let's okay. All right. So full of stories today. All right. So I'm going to, kill this one as well i wish i could tell this story better i should really practice this a little bit more but there's a chinese farmer in ancient china long long time ago who is raising his son to be a farmer and his son is a young adult male and he's out in the farm one day and he hurts his foot or his leg or he cuts his leg so badly that he's going to be lame for the rest of his life because modern technology is just not there basically and the son is so distraught and he comes back to his father and he feels horrible and his father says oh he said oh he says that father isn't this horrible and he goes i don't know maybe not in so many words but a few days go by and all of a sudden, the townspeople are getting in an uproar because there's a army approaching. And some commanders from the town come up to the father and they say, hey, there's an army approaching. We're going to need to take your son and put him to the front line and stop these people because he's a younger and we need bodies on the field, basically. And he go and he says he can't. He's injured and the army has a rule against injured people going into the field and so he doesn't get enlisted and everybody in the town loses their son and loses their family and their father and he's one of the few young children left and everybody says oh aren't you lucky your son was able to live even with this thing that happened to him at least you have your son right and the city survives and the son survives and the father says, maybe, again, basically. <laughs> and the story goes on and on, and it flips back and forth, back and forth, from 
good things happening, evil things happening, good things happening, evil things happening, asking the father what he thinks of the matter. Maybe. Exactly. But there's still, you know, it's interesting. There still is good and evil, though. Uh, but how you react I, I, to it, I think, is the key. Yep, exa exactly. Um, so it's an interesting thing. We actually talked about labels one day and like having a whole podcast on it and how that creates all these things. But we're not yeah, going to go into that. Okay, we're that's not gonna a little go into teaser. A little teaser. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And we're going to do today uh, is challenges. Whoa, we're finally getting into it today. But just kidding, we're going to do our fit quest first. But today's challenge, what we're going to get into today is we're going to get into fitness challenges. Uh, we're also going to get to fitness challenges at work. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to weave in just challenges in real life and how challenges just are good or bad or who knows what we come up with in the next hour or so. Yes. Nice. Well, let's do our fit quest. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So fit quest wise, I'll go first. Do you want me to go first? You mind? Sure. You yeah. Knock it out. Okay. Uh, I'm, excited. I'm excited to hear your fit quest. Uh, last time the knee was doing really bad. And now it's doing a lot better. And I don't want to toot my horn too much because I don't know how much I, what I did help basically, but I know I did things to keep it from hurting. And I know I did good with like recovery and keeping an eye on it and testing it out, which is things we talk about a lot. Now I can squat, I can lunge and I can go up steps with no pain. From not being able to even like go up steps, except for on my hands and knees a few weeks ago. And yeah, not being able to sit down in a chair without an aid or whatever. And not being able to bend my knee all the way or give myself a knee hug, for example. Oh, man. The Dude, knee that's hug exciting. Just, the knee hug just unlocked like a couple days ago. Actually. Oh, wow. So I'm oh, still, wow. I'm still okay. keeping an eye on it. I'm still taking it easy. I'm still going to be... I'm not going to be really loading my leg exercises very much, I would say. But I'm trying to walk a little bit more. I'm trying to be conscious with my walking. And then uh, it's funny. A lot of the club and mace work was hard just because that little bit of torque. So I haven't been doing as much of that. I actually picked up some dumbbells and replaced some of my club and mace work with some bodybuilding dumbbell work for a little bit. It was close to the end of this program. For me, so now I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing for my next program and oh, nice. uh, like knee rehab and whatnot. So I'm going to try and finish out this program uh, either this week or next week. And then I'm going to start, I'm already started brainstorming for my next four to six week program. Right oh, now. score. Yep. Man, okay. What I'm interested in from that is when... Uh, so you're right in that period where you are like feeling good. And yeah, I'm, first I'm off, peaking towards the end of my program, like you get really yeah. comfortable with your exercises. Then you start adding the load. Then you can start adding the skill. Yep. yep. And first off, good job. That's awesome. Thank you. Second off. All right. This, how do you go about this testing phase and not test too far? Mm -hmm. And do you have it? Do you have any experiences over the years? of like when you're in this kind of moment where you're about to be like 100%, but you're not quite 100%. And how do you think about this moment going going forward? And so I, think like, of, like, yeah. I think of mostly like prehab type stuff at first. 
Mm-hmm. So I think of, and I think of prehab like keeping the wheels on, rotating the tires, checking the oil, like you do with your car, for example. Like general maintenance. Mm-hmm. I think of general maintenance work first. I would say. Then I think of skills that I want to continue to build on from the last program. And then I'll look at my last program. I'll see how I was doing with things. And I'll probably change. I'll probably change on average about 50% of my exercises going into next program. And the other 50% I'll keep the same exercise or maybe I'll progress or regress that exercise. So I'll make it easier or harder and I'll change the reps with it. And so thinking about your knee and moving into everything you just said, Mm -hmm. like uh, what's your mindset with the knee and going into this new program that you're talking about when, you know, you can hurt yourself again, like easily. Yeah. Like, and are you hesitant now or were there times like where you tried too hard and re-injured yourself or anything like that? You know, how do you feel about it? Most of the time, I'm not too bad about re-injuring myself too early. I'm bad about like, taking it easy for too long. Like I, okay. I lean more towards the lazy side, honestly, sure, most of the sure. time. Because I know I probably have 20 different exercises i could think of in my mind if you think of the alphabet like a to z okay and like a is very low impact very easy knee dominant exercise and z is the opposite yeah okay i'm probably at probably like f right now i would okay and then i won't go e if you see the efg i won't go to g H or another letter forward until I've had at least 48 to 72 hours with something, I would say, to see how it feels. Okay. And, and sometimes I won't do anything like two weeks. But okay. if it's been two weeks and it's feeling good, then I'll either stick with it or I'll progress. I would say. Okay. I like it. Bottom line, just lean towards the slower side. Yeah. Don't jump into it too fast and just make sure you get, you know, you get healthy and recover. Yeah. And just stay on. I think it helps to know what your next step is. You can be aware of your ability to do it and then just have ways to test yourself. Like, for example, okay. When I was having a hard time going up the steps, I used the railing, my arms more. Or I would crawl up the steps on my hands and knees because that would be less total pressure on my legs. Right. So at first I couldn't even do crawling the steps because it was still too much pressure on that one side. So I had to use the railings and like hobble step basically and like push on the railing like you would like crutches and then bring my good foot up, push through that foot, use my arms. Okay. So eventually. I was able to put a little bit of pressure down and then I would go to crawling up the steps. And then once crawling up the steps started feeling easier and the bending started feeling easier, I started going to walking up the steps with both feet, but still, but using the railing a good bit. And then I started, yeah. but that was only like strong foot first, then weak foot, then strong foot, then weak foot, then strong foot, then weak foot. Then weak foot. Oh. Versus a nice flow of strong, weak, strong, weak, strong, strong, weak. Right. Um, 
So now I'm back into the flow where I can go one foot after the other without any pain. So it's just back, forward, and back, forward, and back until you get forward enough. I love it. Perfect. All right. That's just interesting. I love that you you think about walk, your knee hurts. You think about things like walking up, up the stairs or crawling up the stairs, where I think some people would be like, oh, can I do a leg extension now? Or am I ready to you know, do something like that? So I think that's awesome to think about uh, when it comes to recovery and those movements. Cool. Yeah, I was hoping that I would be able to give people some insights into how I think about injury recovery during this whole yeah. little injury phase. Hopefully it's a short phase. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. All right. Uh, do you have any more of your quest this week? The quest? I don't think so. I just want to, I'm trying not to rush it. And it actually, it helps me not be as lazy. The fact that I have a, that long-term goal that we talked about for the fall, yeah. which is yeah. hike, hiking and biking, basically. Biking felt pretty good on Thursday, but my left quad was pretty tired the rest of the day afterwards, I would say. Yeah. Even though I okay. wasn't pushing fully through my left quad when I was on the bike. Yeah. So I think biking is going to be one of those next unlocks where I feel I want to try and feel even on the bike. Right now, I feel even on the steps when I walk up and down. Okay but I don't feel even pushing on the pedals on the bike. And I definitely don't feel Ooh. confident going uphill for a long period of time on a bike yet. All right. All right. I like keeping that end goal in mind and working towards it. Yeah. And that keeps me yeah. from getting too lazy. And then, but I know I'm not going to push too hard most of the time. Most of the time, <laughs> the only thing I'll push too hard in is if I walk around too much because I'm trying to run after the kids type stuff yeah for, that's yeah. where I, I can get beat up so i'm trying to monitor my steps right now i would say okay all right cool i like it i dig it nice what, what are you up to how's the mace how's the mace journey going did any of the, how's the like the elbow high approach going yeah all that kind of sure sure the main daily sandbag my mace spells are going awesome so couple things i focused on on my reverse tiktok was trying to get my elbows super high on that yeah and then also get my posture because yeah, what i bracing felt the core, like, tucking the hips versus pushing those arching the back yep and i like have to get my elbows high and then i get in this weird position where i'm like bent forward and then i just i basically have to recorrect myself um, but then once you're in that position and you got your elbows high and you get and you have that weight bringing it down. It's that active stretching of yeah. that weight that really helps because you're so engaged, but it's also really stretching of that shoulder complex and like those upper, you know, those rear delts and, and the lats. And, you know, everything. I think the lats, oh. man, that active stabilization with the lats. I don't think yep. you're getting yep. a lot of that active stabilization with the lats, separate things like hang, but even hangs. We're not swinging in our hangs very much. It's making me, it makes me think that we should swing in our hangs a little bit more. Okay. I like that. I like that. I do swing. You know, I, there's a couple of things I like little things I want to talk to you about. I do swing a little bit on, on like what I'm doing, my hang and, and things like that because it feels really good. Right. Um, and you post, you posted this thing on rocking on your feet, like into a calf raise. Yeah. Into like a tib, like a heel press almost. So you're in a squat and position and then you go into a calf raise in that squat position. And you and, feel you're and holding on to something. 
because that's really yeah. hard to do unless you're holding on to something to help you. I've been doing that forever. And when I watched that video, I started doing it like every day, every day again and, and just rocking because I do it with the TRX strap. Right. And it's really easy to get into that low squat position. Which and then I you do got almost that high day. hang position with the strap, depending on where your arms are, right? You can do a lot of different things. There's tons of different positions to get into. What I really like the TRX if you can't hang from a bar or anything like that because of all those different positions you can get into. Yeah. So yeah, so I do a ton of fitness stuff every day. Like, so I have, I try a lot of stuff, but my main fit quest, yeah, I've been rocking those mace bells. Those are your side, I, those are your side quests. Those are, yeah, exactly. Those small little side quests yeah. <laughs> to, to get like the five rubies in the chest. In yeah, the right. Corner. <laughs> my, my mace bells, I did hit myself for the first time this week. Cause last, last week I was, I was talking about engaging my core so much and that I was, sticking my belly forward so that I wouldn't hit my butt. Right. So I was re really trying to be still and not be afraid. And I ended up hitting my butt with the mace bell, like coming around. Oh yeah. It hurt a little bit, <laughs> but it went, I was okay. And I think you got enough cheeks uh, to keep yeah. yourself safe there. Exactly. So uh, just a fair warning, if anybody is following along and tries that stuff, they are pretty dangerous, uh, but I, uh, it didn't hurt that bad. But anyway, I've been doing uh, my 40 pound vest runs uh, and backwards walking. And that was actually my last week of all that stuff. So I did for about four weeks of that, mm. which is with the 40 pound vest, which has been I feel great. Uh, it was from you and your wife's recommendation uh, of doing the reverse walking and the tib raises. And I do feel awesome doing that. And I've been doing it for about four weeks or five weeks now. And I think I'm going to stop this week. So this, my next fit quest, I think I'm going to do a week of hit. Like I did a workout a couple of days ago that I just crushed myself and, and with the sandbag. Uh, and I think I'm going to do that for a week uh, in between my next thing. And right. my next thing is going to be uh, I'm going to start with a 20 pound weight vest um, and I'm going to do some indoor. So I'm going to do some pull-ups, push-ups, uh, and then some lower body exercises. So, so body weight stuff with a 20 pound vest. Yeah. Uh, and I, and so that's what I'm going to plan on doing up until around Halloween time. Okay. So I've been doing those runs though with the vest, uh, which is more of a trot right. because I too have those same similar goals of the hiking and my wife and I have two weeks from now, we're going to that place that I talked about five episodes ago where I walked way too much. Yeah, yeah. And so we might do a smaller hike uh, that day. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple of weeks to have a plan, but I feel really good because those like 30 minute trots with the 40 pound vest, man, it feels good. It's not super hard. Like I'm not dying afterward, uh, but my body is feeling pretty resilient. Uh, so I feel pretty good right now. Knock on wood. Uh, that's my main fit quest, but I wanted a side note real quick. So I'm also doing, I'm working on that, but my, like another fit part of fit quest, this for my whole entire past year is like figuring other stuff out. Right. Right. And, and the past month, I've been going like hardcore on designing and doing video editing and stuff like that online. And I've been really trying to make that. It was like my job this month, basically, was to practice these skills and see what I could do. And there's a couple interesting things that I learned from this. So 
uh, one I do I love doing it. It's but here, but that doesn't matter, right? Because so I am on technology for those couple hours, like in the morning. Oh, yeah. and video editors and audio editors and stuff like that you can do on your phone too. So I had these like powerful tools on me at all times. So for the past thirty days, I've been feeling like this anxiety because I'm like connected to doing these projects that are all around like using the computer and using my phone. Now, I still don't watch a lot of social media or anything like that, but being on those platforms all the time, I'm still like seeing some videos and whatnot. Um, yeah, well, you've been and then increasing I've... your social media, at least in terms of your posting. Which means yep. must Yeah, exactly. So that's what I've been doing the past month. Yeah, I go on social media and I've been uh, doing engagement, like engaging with other accounts purposefully and things like that. And oh, I get a little reward from it. it. It's not super awesome. I do think that that it was something that I'm good at, but it might be one of those things that I'm just going to put on the side and just be like, it's something I'm good at, but I'm not going like, to do it all the time. Uh, so I don't know. I haven't concluded that yet. It, uh, so my morning meditation, I meditate at 5.20 a.m. every morning. And you play me in my afterwards. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I go hit golf balls and I play chess. Yeah. Which what the heck is an L on passant or whatever? <laughs> like you're you just went right past me and my pawn disappeared. And I was like, what kind of cheating is this? I had yeah. to go back and forth five times. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. yes, so. yes. If you're what a chess is nerd, it? Just can you, you, okay, so if you're a chess nerd, at the beginning of the game, your pawn can move two uh, squares on its first move only, right? But after that, it has to subsequently only move one space up the board. And that's pretty much it for the pawn, unless it's able to attack somebody diagonally. Um, sometimes you'll get in situations where one player's pawn has gotten so far across the board that by the time another player pushes their pawn for the first time up two spaces, it passes the opposing player's pawn. And when you do that, there's this French uh, term. I don't remember where it originated, but it's been in chess for a while ancient chess in different ways and it's called on passant and basically when a pawn passes you another pawn like that the way i think of it is that the pawn gets angry and gets a new power for a short brief period of time and can take that pawn's place basically and capture it <laughs> it gets some road rage on the board and the pawn gets a little extra power but it only happens in certain okay. situations so a lot of players don't ever see it because yeah. either the players they're playing against don't know how to use it or it's not a good time to use it because it's not always a good time to take someone's other pawn, for example, when it happens. But I like throwing it out there every once in a while just to mess with people <laughs> as well. <laughs> so yeah. I, did that to, yeah. I did that to Josh in our recent game. And he was like, what the hell did you do to the board? Are you, what kind of hack? <laughs> You're probably thinking I like the software or something. Yeah, I did not know what happened, but but cool. I'm going to use that on you maybe one day. We'll see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, so long story short, back to you. So I'm, I've been upping. I've been trying to go from five minutes to 10 minute meditation because I've been feeling that. But I think after this month, I'm going to go on 
some kind of, I'm going to set some boundaries around my, my use of my phone and my computer for video editing and stuff like that. And I'm just going to realign some of my main goals that are uh, like outside of my fitness goals. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's going to be a a part of my fit quest over the next few weeks is realigning those a little bit. Uh, so I'm, and, and just to align it with how I feel a lot, what your real priorities are and your self-improvement priorities are overall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't realigned them in a little while. And so I think, I think that's just something I'm going to do and see what's next for me outside of fitness. And, and we'll see, cause I think I want, I'm trying to train a couple of people again. Uh, and so I'm trying to think about how I'm going to do that. Cause it's inspiring when you hear other people uh, like you talk about like training people and when I, a part of my personal fit quest, when I thought about like the social media doing all that kind of stuff was the feeling I get doing personal training and, and coaching people. And out of all my jobs, I've had 20 jobs and there's been cool perks of other jobs, like playing golf for free and stuff like that. The, the feeling like after work is like something that I only get from personal training. And it's, it just, it sucks me in and it makes me want to coach people because it's just, it's so fun. I think it's just because I'm so interested in my brain. And then every time you can coach somebody, you can start thinking about them and kind of goes into the challenges a little bit that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. And like what challenges me is different than what challenges other people and being able to talk to other people about challenges and like what gets them ticking with their fitness and their health uh, is just it's just so interesting to me and it draws me to that and it and as, uh, as something you do every day it just it attracts me so i'm gonna try and i might try and lean into that a little bit more but that's just like my fit quest this week i hope that i think that brings up two really good points that makes me think of two things um actually more than that but one is, I think that's great that you assess, it's kind of like you're assessing your mental health, just like you assess your physical health, right? Like you have a macro yeah. cycle kind of cycle with your mental health and you pay attention to that by doing your med- your daily meditation, for example, that helps you be aware of your mental load, right? Just like you need to be aware of the um, amount of weight on a bench press. Like if you're trying to get better with bench press and your goals and you're like, right? How much load right. can you carry this month and handle and get stronger? And you yep. got to assess that if you're not progressing the way you want to progress. But then the other thing is, I think it's really important to actually go and do new things to help you hone what it is that you want to do. And there's that balance between the two. You got to accept the cycle and be aware of what you want and take your time and pay attention. But then you also got to go out there and try some, try something that you're thinking about and really actually go into it. Not just, I'm going to try it one day here and then another day here and randomly there. Like you went into it for a whole month. And then and it's not like I haven't been going into it before, but I stepped it up for that month. Right. And then, you stepped it up. Yeah. Right. And so that, but that helped you figure out, okay, do I really want to do this? Or how much do I want to do this? Or what do I want to do with it? Or is this in line with the things that bring me joy and 
I don't know, just make you feel like you're in, on the right path. It's about developing exactly all those philosophical things, which I like, Mike. And it's also about developing what we've talked about before is meta skills. Like, so when you develop skills that can be used in lots of different ways, uh, I felt like this was something that if I focused on hard enough for a month, I learned a ton in a month. I've learned a ton in a year in the same subject too. Uh, but I think that doing those focus sessions just really, really does elevate it a little bit. And for the over curious person, I think too, uh, what you like going into like something full fledged uh, is important because if you just half ass stuff, uh, then you still have that inkling in you that said I can do it or I want to try it or something like that. And, and unless you just jump in all the way in, you also learn like what we were saying about evil and good at other side. Sometimes you don't know the flip side of the coin until you try it. And then the more times you try just random stuff or stuff that is good for you, then you can hone in your skill of becoming aware of certain things that you're going to do. Like maybe you make a plan for next month, but you know already like these 50 pathways that you've taken might not lead you to that goal. So iterate a little bit and then you just go from there. I don't know. That's just my thought on that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring this into challenges a little bit. I think <laughs> another part about figuring out what you want to do is actually hanging around with people who are doing things that you think are cool. Mm -hmm. And I like what you were saying when you're, you're getting that personal trainer itch a little bit, right? We each other, see each other like once a week, right? And we talk like once a week on average. Oh, so, yeah. I have personal trainer friends. <laughs> so if you're trying to get into a healthier routine, this is where challenges can be really useful, right? So you want to try and leverage a little bit of social support if you think you know where you want to go, right? For you, it's this topic is a little bit more mental. If we kind of flip that and think about somebody who's just trying to get in better shape, right? You want to be around people who want to get in better shape. A challenge is a great way to do that. So uh, what's some examples of some typical challenges you would hear right now? We're in October. So let's just say, I don't even know if they do it anymore. But when I used to listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, they always used to do Sober October. Oh, right. And a part of Sober October is the no alcohol. Uh, and then they might choose other things to be sober from. But the other part of it is adding in a big fitness element. And so that's an example of a challenge. Yeah. But I think that could be really useful for a lot of people. And I like that. I like those challenges actually more than other challenges I've seen, honestly, because a lot of challenges in the fitness world get a little masochistic, a little and self-bludgeoning right. a little too quickly. And it bridges the social support in a way that makes it be more social pressure than it is support. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Community is an interesting thing in how it affects people. Some people really like that support. And from that exact same, when you say, when you give somebody support, they can have two reactions. Mm -hmm. And I think some people just have different reactions. Some people are like, hey, man, back off. And some people are like, hey, thank, thanks. I really appreciate it. And I, you can have more reactions than that. And for me, this was interesting. All right. You were going to ask me why What made I you chose. think of it? Yeah. Yeah, challenging. And this was like a week before we had to take a week off. This was like a week before October. And I was like, man, let's do a challenge. I want to do a challenge. I want to challenge myself. And, and it's funny that we didn't do it because I thought about all these different things that I'm about to say. Uh, and one of it is support. And so first off, somebody, people like us who work out all the time, 
aren't we challenging ourselves anyway, every single month or every single new workout plan in ways like, cause like there's certain things for challenges, right? I think a, a, like an actual workout program, like we like to do yeah, is a challenge in itself. It's just not usually as social. So I don't need the community support, but I wanted the community support. So I was like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, let me ask some people and we do something just a little bit crazier, right? Because it's a challenge. Like we do challenge ourselves, our normal workouts, but let's just elevate it for a month, right? Yeah. And and so there's a couple of things now. So community would have been great that for me, it would have been just like hanging out with boys and like doing something crazy and making you know some silly videos and stuff like that, right? Uh, but for some people... I think having their friend who says, hey, man, are you going to be there at eight o'clock for the challenge oh, every day? Mm -hmm. they, some people really need that, right. right? They just need somebody to like say, hey, come support me. I think, <laughs> and ev so I I think everybody can benefit from social support. And I think you have to just realize that everybody gets social support in different ways. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, so yeah. That's, that's harder to figure out. One of the things that we were going to talk about was the corporate challenges. So yeah. I'll, I'll do the wellness challenges with businesses. And with businesses, a lot of times, even though everybody is working in the same field, you get a lot of different personality types in those exercise challenges. You know, you that haven't been working out for a while and are just getting started. You get a lot of people who are workout nuts, who are just who are like trying to get the top spot in the challenge, for example. And then you get a lot of in the middle where people are trying to figure out like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Is life too busy? Is life not too busy? All that kind of stuff. And how they react to it is all different as well. It's, I really like managing challenges for this reason. As weird as yeah. that sounds, even though it's super sounds super chaotic when I explain it like that, but I love seeing mm -hmm. all the different ways people react to like a one month wellness challenge where usually what we do is something like you get points for a certain amount of steps, a certain amount of biking, a certain amount of stretching and a certain amount of strength training, basically. Yeah. And if you do any of those things and you log them, then at the end of the week, we see what your tally is and then that helps us and there's bonuses and all that kind of stuff through challenges. But the way people react to the bonuses and the way people react to seeing other people get points and even like from one challenge to the next is really interesting because sometimes you'll see people do really bad in one challenge and then you do another challenge later in the year and they do really good in it. It's the same person, not a lot has changed, but they're just more ready for it at that time. And why do you think that is? Do you think like maybe a spark was created the year before that they kind of dabbled in and like they were like, man, next year I'm going to be on that challenge. And they thought about it all year. And then that challenge finally came and they crushed it. Like maybe something like that. It's totally that. Like that's definitely one of the things that I see. Yeah. Like you see all the things. It's crazy. It's hard to say what you see the most of, honestly. I guess the only thing I would say you see the most of is if you do them um, multiple times a year. And really just you know, all you need is two times a year, like summer and winter, for example, I think for a lot of people. But even if you just do them two times a year, what a lot of people will gain momentum from the previous challenge. 
if that makes sense. If you run the challenge in a way that feels like they have some kind of hope of getting better, like some challenges, people just get beaten down into the dirt. Yeah. I don't yeah. like those kind of challenges, honestly. I'm not a big fan of those, especially when you're trying to work with a large um, variety of people. But when it's done well, I think you get momentum building up for sure with a lot of people and people who are like, oh, I didn't do that well in this challenge, but I know there's a summer one coming up that I'm going to be ready then, for example. And I'm sure like if you're in a team of 50 people or so and you're a fairly tight, tight knit office, I'm sure having these challenges twice a year, whether it's for 30 days or 60 days, by the way, you can let me know how many days you normally do challenges usually for. Four weeks. Usually four 30 weeks. days. Yeah. Yeah, for a week. I wonder like what kind of a team building like afterwards, after these challenges that they feel and if they're more productive or things like that. I know there's lots of studies that show that these challenges do increase productivity and all that kind of stuff. And and I think that's cool data that you get to see that people who are just dabbling in like the first one on the second one, they really want to increase it a little bit more. And I think that's cool data to have. Oh, and that reminds me, this is actually one of the biggest benefits I think challenges can give you. And you see this actually with your, with having a workout program, just a good workout program. Anything that you stick to for four to six weeks, I would say. So around a yeah. month's time, anything you stick to. In this case, we're referring more to challenges because you get that social support too, which helps you stick to it more. I think the biggest benefit a lot of people get is the awareness that comes from doing the things that maybe you haven't been doing does that make sense yeah yeah you're like self-discovering or something right. like you're just you're figuring yourself out a little bit more right, because in a lot of challenges what you end up doing that i think a lot of people don't really do even actually when they're in their own programs unless they got a coach helping them is they track a lot more and they track a lot better in terms of accurate tracking because they want to get the points for whatever the challenge thing is for example right. and just that tracking when you're done with the challenge and you look back and you see it it's so much more real i think to people when they do things like right. that that it allows them to gain much more experience you get a lot more experience points if, this, if we're going back to thick quest style here basically <laughs> oh, yeah you get those you'll go on a you go on a video game and there will be a quest where you get like double the experience points yeah basically i think when you yeah. <laughs> when you track things and you do it you with, level up right and you level up much quicker i think when you track things in a challenge and you do it with people like a lot of challenges are set up you get like double experience points basically oh and what you do with those experience points mean could make it worth it or not but i think you get the potential for getting a lot more experience in a shorter period of time i think that's really useful for people yeah i love that man all right cool so that's like basically for everything for the corporate challenges was there anything else like specific for corporate challenges before we get into like some crazy stuff with the corporate challenges i think what's really useful for people to think about is the social dynamic I think that keeps a lot of people from doing them because people are a little bit more private in a work place. And I think it makes it easier to be more open with people when you do a challenge with your peers because you yeah. have a topic 
that not super controversial, at least the way I like to do them in terms of everybody's just trying to support everybody to do better than they were doing before the challenge. And I think a lot of challenges get that right nowadays, though. I think you kind of keep that in mind that even though it could be a competition, it can be way more than that. It can be something that actually builds better relationships and builds like common interests, for example. Like a lot of people will find, oh, I didn't know this person like so much. Maybe I should go. I like to bike. They live, I think they live nearby. We should go biking. Those kind of things, those kind of little things that pop up like that actually have a lot more value. And I hear, I don't hear about those until like years later a lot of times. Right. Yeah. But like little things like that come out of this as well. And you just got to be aware enough and open enough for those opportunities to happen, I think. And they will. I think they're almost guaranteed to. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. So we've dabbled a little bit with everything now. Now, let's see. Our challenges. So we've talked about challenges of all sorts. Now, we've talked a little bit of why they're good, why they're bad or hard, and we don't like good or bad. We don't like those terms, but (laughs) we've talked about a little bit of everything. But thinking makes it. Yes, exactly. Or saying it, right? Now, all right. Now, when we're doing a challenge and it's too hard, like, so some of those Joe Rogan Sober October challenges were too, a little, they were so extreme. Like they, I think they had to do five or 10 miles of cardio a day you know, yeah. for 30 days. Well, I think they were uh, eating against each other basically. So the sure, anti sure. kept on getting pushed up and up. So th- those things. So we've talked about both those things in a good light, mm-hmm. like having social people around and things like that. Now, what about uh, the opposite sides of these things that you need to be aware of? You know, just you don't need to always worry about it. Have it in your back pocket. Yeah, like it's a seatbelt. Put your seatbelt on and put your helmet on type stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I wanted to do a challenge with some people who were probably a little bit more fit for fit than me and who would challenge me. And I thought that that would spark something in me. Now, I know that my competitive side after would kick in immediately. Mm. And normally after, say, three or four days of working out, if I wake up on the fifth day and I just feel run down, I'm not going to work out. I might do a little bit of stretching or something like that. Right now, if you're doing a challenge like this where you have to like five miles a day or something crazy like that. And you wake up on the fifth day and your right knee's hurting and you have a little sore lower back, left back, and you just go out and you run for five miles again. And then you wake up the next day and you're even worse. You're even worse. So I just, I don't think I, so for me, challenges could become an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just because it's because of the social nature, because of the competitiveness. Yeah, And so I think that a lot of, and I'm not even type A, but a lot of type A people will take challenges to that next level sometimes. And it might, and which is a, can be a good thing. You need to push yourself. Right. But I think that there's point, do you push yourself to injury? Like you need to be self-aware enough to not push yourself. And when I'm competing against the, some other guys, then sometimes that self-awareness kind of goes away Yep. and you do stupid things. Yeah. Okay. Two things. One, self-awareness, right? That's probably know yourself, know your limit, know what you're bound to. Know thyself. Right? right. Know, know how you tend to react in certain situations. Okay. And then 
remember that behavior is a function of you, the person, and the environment. So that means the stipulations of the challenge, I would think of as the environment in this case, right? So, yep. uh, for example, you were telling me, hey, Mike, you want to do Sober October with me? And I was like, <laughs> hell to the no, <laughs> basically. And I don't even drink alcohol. Um, right. But like, neither do I. <laughs> exactly. But I probably want to have a little bit of cannabis from time to time during the holiday season. And actually, a lot of times if I get injured or I get hurt or whatnot, I'd rather use cannabis or something like that as a pain reliever than ibuprofen or stuff like that. And we could say that that would be allowed, but then what else am I being sober about, basically? <laughs> the whole time. It, yeah, it was more for the fitness challenge, not the sobriety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. So then and then the fitness challenge, it was like, oh, I hurt my knee. I'd be doing a fitness challenge right now. Yep, exactly. Now that's ob- Good. more obvious, for, but I think an obvious example is useful as well. Right, right. So you just gotta, you just gotta know how much you're able to do and you got to be able to project a little bit into the future based on your knowledge about yourself. I would say yeah. that only, and some of that only comes with experience. So you don't know until you do it a lot of times too. So you're trying to be going into the unknown and then coming back and then going into the unknown and coming back. So when you're looking for those challenges, fitness challenges, I feel like corporate fitness challenges is is a pretty safe bet Mm -hmm. because a good professional is doing it. But when you're surfing around Instagram and Facebook and seeing all these fitness challenges, that's, I think, when your awareness needs to be super high. Right. And you need to be like, is this realistic for me? And then it's really a good idea. Yes. Know thyself or, or get some outside advice of, Maybe some things that can challenge you every month. Uh, you know, you can change your mindset and be able to pick up fitness all the time. Because I think a lot of people use challenges as like, a, I'm going to start working out. So I'm going to do a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that helps. That can help people, right? Because it's motivating. But it can, if you're doing a 100 push up a day challenge and you just started out, you might have some bad shoulders after 30 days. There's also a lot of challenge jumpers. Too. Have you ever seen those types? For sure. They jump from one challenge to the next challenge to the next challenge to the next challenge. And yep, a lot yep. of times those challenges are much different than the previous challenge. They're not like linear progressions, really, with any kind of like skill set or anything like that. So it feels like at that point, people are just pretty much doing CrossFit. It feels well, like. In our Let's example from CrossFit earlier. At that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about CrossFit, all right? Get a whole bunch of hate mail. Actually, hate mail would be good because we don't get any mail right now from the podcast. <laughs> but, hey, I used to love doing the Fran workout from CrossFit. I don't know if you ever messed around with CrossFit at all. I, yeah, I've done both. Yeah, I've done a couple of their challenge workouts, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't remember um, names yeah. of them, though. Yeah. And, and though I've never gotten injured more than when I was doing those challenge workouts. And so that that's just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And it's what I see a lot, basically. <laughs> oh, it's true. No, we know. Yeah. yeah. And most people actually probably have a friend or whatnot that knows as well. that <laughs> They could probably, <laughs> you know, but it, maybe if you're thinking about a challenge and you're not quite sure, just send, find a fitness professional, you know, maybe has like six or 700 or less followers or something like that, but looks like they know what they're doing. 
or maybe seven or eight hundred last because I think I'm getting close to eight hundred now. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, under a thousand. There we go. <laughs> and message them and they'd be happy to tell you know for example but i think it is useful to also write up like a list of pros and cons right okay i think i like that i think pros and cons lists are actually severely undervalued honestly and if it's good enough for ben franklin it's good enough for me i would say but doing those pros and cons before makes you think about it to the end and really thinking about the cons is an important thing it goes into everything that we've talked about today is really thinking from the beginning mm -hmm. and using your experiences and the more experiences you make those the more those pros and cons can make sense towards your next experience your right and it's usually not a good sign if you were looking at something on somebody tells me this and i've heard this before and it's, and it doesn't usually pan out well that they were on social media they saw this challenge by this one person they follow and they thought it was a great idea and they immediately bought the package and whatnot and signed up and registered right at that moment. Not make quick decisions about four to six week commitments. <laughs> like yeah. just in life in general, I don't think that's a good idea, but especially when it comes to your bodily health. Yeah. Take a little bit of time, put it out there. And I understand that for a lot of people, the reason they do that is because they're not doing anything and they need to just like bite on something. But most of the time, that does not turn out well. I was, hey, yeah, they haven't thought it through. But if they thought it through a little bit, then usually it turns out pretty good. Like the chances are a lot better that I don't see injuries happen or people just drop the challenge halfway through, which then is an unsuccessful challenge. Then what's the point? Right? Exactly. Exactly. They have to stay challenged. Yeah. So you want to find something that you actually think you can really go through. You know that it'll be a little bit beyond your ability, but mm -hmm. you can go through. And that's a sweet spot for most endeavors. Is you want to try and figure out what is that line? How close can I get to that line? How much farther? How little? How much can I take a tiny step over that line and still get better? And then go forth from there. Perfect, man. I think that ends it, dude. Sweet. Sweet. All right. So All right. thanks for listening, everybody. Hope that helps with your challenges. All right, Mike. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. Peace. Later.